we have, uh, we're going to kick this thing off with some birthdays and an anniversary. So, yes. um, so Brother Brody has a birthday. <laughs> and also Sister Carolyn. Now, she may not run up here like that. I don't know. Okay, well, well, we'll let you stay where you are, Sister Carolyn, but they both have a birthday this week. Brody's is Saturday, right? I think yours is Friday, because it's coming Friday, so they've got a birthday. So let's sing to them. Hey, wait, Brody, how old are you going to be? Nine years old. And Sister Carolyn's probably going to be 25, 25. Okay. <laughs> a happy birthday to you, a happy birthday to you. Sister Fletcher are going to celebrate their anniversary this week on Tuesday. Is that correct? Yes. How many years? Should I ask or no? 14 years. 14 years. All right. We won't make y'all come up here and stand unless you would really prefer to do that. No. <laughs> she said, no, that's okay. I'll take my wishes right back here. Thank you. Here we go. A happy anniversary to you. A happy anniversary to you. anybody any birthday any anniversary have I missed anybody all right um, Brody was clapping and he looked he kind of leans over and this is so embarrassing <laughs> hey he was pushing through it wasn't he amen uh, we will go ahead and dismiss for children's church today It's good to see all of you here today. Good to see Brother Ricky again. Yeah. Are you ready? You ready for a great day? Anybody ready for a great day? Yeah. Amen. I'm ready for a great day. It's going to be a great day. God's going to visit us. He's going to minister to us, bless us. And I'm thankful that I have that I can have that expectation, and and something happens, something change. Amen. We're gonna we're gonna look in in the Gospels today. We're gonna read Luke chapter six, and we will actually begin with forty six, and we'll read through forty nine. And I want to start this um, message kind of at the end 
and then go back and revisit, which we'll probably won't get to that today, per se. We'll touch on some things, but this will be something that will set us up for um, another, another message that God will help us um, gain some understanding about some things. So, Luke 6, 46 through 49. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep. Everybody say, dig deep. And laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. Everybody say, could not shake it. For it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built an house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, can we just close our eyes for a moment here and ask the Lord to help us that we gain understanding from his word. God, we thank you for your word that is already anointed, but we want you to anoint Anoint our ears to hear, to receive, to leave here with a greater understanding of your word, of your presence in our life and what you are doing to try to accomplish your will and purpose, Lord. Allow us to be sensitive today, even in this moment right now, to receive, God, what you would speak, what you would say. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So for a few moments, I want to minister from, from this subject, from this thought. He looks for a stone. And in our text this morning at Luke 6 and 46, he said, And why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. Essentially what the message that he is conveying is. You do what you want. In my name. You call me Lord. But you don't do what I say. You do. What you want. In my name. Let's look into this. In another gospel, Matthew chapter 7, and verses 21 through 23. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth. Everybody say doeth. Doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not prophesied in thy name? 
But Luke writes, Lord, Lord. And then he says, you call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do the things which I say. You prophesied in my name and cast out devils even and in thy name done many wonderful works. You do what you want in my name. Matthew, Matthew writes with serious warning about people who think they know him. Lord, Lord. But really, Lord, Lord is what they want. Have we not done these things in your name? Did they actually do anything? They professed they did some things. I think there's a lot of Christians who professing to do things for the Lord, but do they know him? Are they keeping anything that he said to keep? Did the Benny Hinn slap actually work? You, you see this, right? You see this on a platform and you, you see him take his jacket and about three or five people fall out. Did they actually receive something from the Lord or is this, or is this deception? Lord, Lord, didn't we do these great things in, in stadiums filled with people and we did this all in your name, but essentially what's happening is you are doing what you want to do. I did not endorse that. Not everything that we see in the world that professes Christianity is endorsed by Christ. That's why we have to always go back to his word. We have to always go back to the firm foundation. We always have to go back to what he said. Because if it's not written, then it is not for. A lot of tricksters, a lot of deceivers out there, a lot of things uncovered, people falsely getting up out of wheelchairs. I believe God can raise somebody up out of a wheelchair, but I believe the enemy can, can, he can present himself, right, in a way that says, look at the miracles, look at these great things, this is where God is. But God will always be where his word is. Not where a feeling or, or where our eyes can, can be deceived. God will always be where the truth, where his word is. There are people who think they are following Jesus, but they don't actually know his word. They don't know him. Because they don't obey him. Because if we're going to know him, if somebody is going to know Jesus, they have to be willing to obey Jesus. They see and think, this must be God without obeying his word. 
Some people are too spiritual for God's word. They're caught up in an emotion and a feeling in a, in a room filled with high notes and guitars and drums and, and this energy that comes from music and they're caught up in a feeling and emotion and they actually don't know who they're singing about or singing to. Lord, Lord, did we not show up every Sunday and go through the motions? But James writes in James chapter 1, verse 23 through 24. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man. Actually, did I, I put on there 21? Yes, 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Listen, we have to put away things. That's what God calls us to do, to put away things and to receive with meekness the engrafted word or the implanted word. We've got to receive the implanted word in order for us to be saved. The only way we can be saved is by receiving the implanted word. His word. Not, not through a song. Because listen, I think, listen to me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical for music. But I believe so many people put all their theology and all their stock of God's presence in their life through music. And here's the thing. Music will never challenge you like the word of God will challenge you. Music will never cause you to recognize that you have been wrong and that you have failed and you have made a mess and that you have missed the mark. But the word of God will go forth and it will cut and it will cause a man to see the error of his ways. And if a man is going to be saved, it's going to go through the word. The word is going to, it's, it's, the word has to be implanted to save. I hear so many people talk about how beautiful songs are. But how beautiful is the word of God that saves? I love music. I love songs. But you know what a song should do? A song should make you reflect on him and his word. A song should connect you to truth. A song should connect you to impartation of his word because that is what is going to hold us, save us. Verse 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. The person is deceived by not letting the word of God accomplish the purpose it came to them for. They hear it 
and see it but walk away from it. Okay, I need this word, but I don't want it. And so they walk away from the word. And it doesn't accomplish what it was sent to accomplish in their life. That doesn't make the word of God void when it comes and falls on deaf ears. And we hear it, but don't do anything with it. When we hear his word, it's not just, it's not just for our hearing, it's for our life. When we hear these words that the Lord speaks to us and, and try, he's trying to get us to a place that we are not at yet. You call me Lord. But you don't do what I say. Jesus makes it very plain in the next few verses what a person can expect from obeying his word or disobeying his word. Remember, there were people around Jesus who did not know him because they refused to obey him. And the same thing happens today. I want to be saved, but I want it to work on my schedule. I want to see it happen within the time frame that I give you, God. Forget about tarrying until there is a suddenly in my life. I got a moment for you and nothing more. I want to see miracles. I want to see miracles. But on my time or need. Or when I just need assurance or, or a boost or a way to make it about myself. I'm not concerned about my foundation as I am my decorations. I'm not concerned about my foundation as much as I am my decorations. We can always see the foundation, but we know it's something we are standing on. But it's very easy to forget about the most important part of our life, our house. And that is the foundation. And Jesus gives us two examples of Two builders, a wise and a foolish. And he makes it easy for anyone to understand. He makes it easy for anybody to come to him. For Luke 6 and 47, Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Verse 48, he is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. Two builders, two houses. From the surface, they may appear to be equal. 
the trims and the finishings, the colors and the exterior and, and maybe even the interior look identical and standing inside or outside, you might not be able to see much of a difference between the two. But many of us would ask this question, but what about the foundation? I see cracks in the drywall. I see cracks in the ceiling. Are there structural issues that we should know about? Nobody says the foundation is not important because we want a house to last. Anyone ever go looking at a house and not, not concerned about the foundation? Anyone ever say, you know what, I don't care. We're going to get it anyways. I don't know if you, but this is, this is what I, I, I believe. When you walk into a place and you're, and you're looking, you're looking at it, right? You're looking at a house and you see evidence of something happened structurally, a crack in the ceiling. If they have hard ceilings, which most houses do, you'll see something running right through the middle or on the sides, and you're, and you're thinking so the, the, the foundation has shifted, this building has shifted, and there's cracks. There's cracks. And so because we want a house to last, we will pay for inspections so they can tell us the good and the bad. Tell us what's good about it, but also tell us what needs to be fixed. Tell us what's bad. Is this thing going to shift? Is it going to sink? Is this place going to survive a storm? We want to know the bad. The good is evident. We can see it. But we, we have enough knowledge to know that we have to look even deeper to find out that there are structural issues. We don't buy a house without, a, without an inspection because we want to know all the issues so those issues can be addressed. But we will live in a spiritual house that never has anything, never does anything with the free inspections. We'll go through these extremes to make sure that our house is going to last, that it's going it's to weather some storms, but we live in a spiritual house where we do nothing with free inspections. The rain is coming. The storms are coming and they will beat against the house. But I see some issues in your foundation. I believe the Lord has been addressing things in our world, been addressing things in our church, and, and I believe that God will always be addressing things. He sees our foundation. He, he sees the flaws. He sees the cracks. He, he sees the materials that we have used to construct. He sees what we have done. But he's saying that will not weather the storm. You hear me today? Don't try to cut corners. There will be a storm that will cause some to fall. Verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not 
is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. To him who hears and does, to him that hears the word and does the word of God, that foundation will not shake. It will not be destroyed. It will make it through the storms, even violent storms. But the one hears only, the one that only hears the word of God, the, the one that only receives it in their hearing, uh, when, when, when the storms come and they begin to blow in their life, uh, that person will be shook from their foundation. I don't want to I don't want to be one brother and sister I know you're the same I know you don't want that either you don't want to fall you don't want to be in the midst of ruins. You don't want your life to crumble. You don't want your experience to, 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 to fall apart when the storms begin to blow. But what we have to do is recognize what Jesus is saying, what he's challenging us to do. He's challenging us to make sure that the foundation in which we stand on is absolutely firm. Because there are some things that are happening and have been happening that are, are showing flaws in foundations. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23. It's where we will begin. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect. This is, this is an image of the entire church through the ages, even the ones today who are still in the process of being made perfect. What is it that's making us perfect? What's making us perfect? Is it is it what we do on Sunday and Wednesday that makes us perfect. is It's part of it, right? Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to belittle our gatherings because our gatherings are important. But we cannot put all of the work that we need in our lives spiritually on two days or even three days. This thing has to be every day. He, if he's going to perfect us, we got to wake up and still be the same person And still have the same perspective that God is calling us to have. We never put it down and we never put it aside. We never, put, we never put down the tools or we never put away the tape, the caution tape, because we're a work in progress. We're, we're here. We're, we're waiting. We're, we're, uh, we're hanging on every word that God would speak to us so the building can continue, so the construction can, can continue, so the perfecting can continue in our life. That's the process of being perfect is, is, is allowing him to work 
in our life every day. The general assembly, the people of God. And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than, than that of Abel, and to Jesus, the author and the finisher, the one who is perfecting those who are hearing and doing his word. There is a process of perfection happening when we hear and do his word. Verse 25, see that you refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escaped not who refused him that spake on earth, which more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven? Listen, the ones who have gone before us, the saints who lived out their day in faith, believing and holding on to the promises of God and holding on to the process of being perfected, and they took their last breath. They're added, they're added to a great cloud of witnesses. But the ones who did not escape were the ones who refused to do anything with his word. The ones who made it out were those who obeyed what he spoke, when he spoke. He is speaking today to lead us out, but if we refuse him today, how will my body obey him when he calls his bride home? If I refuse to hear his voice now, what makes me think I'll hear it when he calls? He makes it plain. The writer of Hebrews makes it plain. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, they refused Jesus. They resisted his words. There were some who did not believe. There were some who walked away. There were some who said, you know what? I don't believe all this nonsense. I don't believe in resurrection. I don't believe in all these things. We follow Moses' law. We follow his word. We are children of Abraham. But we don't know anything about what you're saying, Jesus. Listen, they did not escape. After the resurrection, but you see that here, much more shall we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. Now, now, in his, in his glorified state, Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to all of us. He speaks to us when we read his word. He speaks to us when we're driving down the road. He speaks to us when we show up and worship him together. He speaks to us throughout our days. Are we resisting or embracing what he's speaking to us? When you read something in his word, are you refusing it or are you embracing it? Because if I want out, if I want out of this life, and I want to make it, I want to make it in that great cloud of witnesses. And I want to be a part of the bride of Christ when he comes back for a bride who hath made herself ready. Are we making ourselves ready by listening and obeying his word? Or will we be, where will we forfeit that call by refusing his word?
Listen, his voice is shaking things loose today. I want him to. I want his voice to shake loose foundational issues in my life. Anybody else want that? You want God to shake things loose in your life that do not belong there? I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to miss out on what what the Lord is trying to accomplish in my life. And I know you're the same way. I know you don't want to forfeit those things. I know you don't want to forfeit the promise. I I know you want to be saved. But the word is made plain for us. Uh, The ones that will be saved are the ones that will have the word implanted in them. How are we going to save how are we going to say, they said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word has been implanted in my heart. Thy word has been engrafted. And I know if his word is implanted in me, I will be saved. Verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth Whose voice? His voice. The voice of the Lord is shaken. Do you hear it quaking? Do you sense it? Can you discern it in the spirit that the voice of the Lord is shaking things? But now he hath promised, saying... Yet once more, I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. Verse 27. And this word, yet once more, signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken as of the things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. What can be shaken? Your words. Your words. What can be shaken? Your ideas. Your philosophies. What can be shaken? Your agenda. What can be shaken? Everything that I do in my flesh. And all of the things that I'm building on earth. All of those things can be shaken. But there's only going to be things are built in accordance to what God said that are going to remain. Do you hear me today? When Jesus walked the earth, his word shook foundations and built foundations. When he gathered his disciples, his words began to shake loose their faulty understanding. What happens when God calls us to an assembly, when he calls us to a location, is he calls us to a place where he's going to begin to speak to us. 
When God called you, when he called me, when he called us into the church for such a time as this, he called us into the church to speak to us. To tear down faulty foundations so he can build foundations that will remain. So he can build a foundation in my life that will stand when the storms come. Anybody want to stand when the storm, or do you just want to kind of blow over? Crumble, tossed about, be destroyed, be ravaged by the storm. Anybody want to be ravaged by the storm? I don't want to be ravaged by the storm. I want God to, to implant his word, to let his word be engrafted into my life that will keep me rooted, that will keep me standing in a place that will remain. Because there are, there are words that will remain. There are things that will remain. God's kingdom will remain. It will not be shaken. This is a firm foundation and we are here and we cannot be moved as long as we listen to his words and obey his words. Because his words are forever settled. Forever settled in heaven. So Jesus challenges, he, he speaks to the disciples' faulty understanding, and th but then he challenges their ideas, their beliefs, their foundation. Before he could build his church, uh, he had to start at the foundation because he is the foundation. He doesn't build on where you already are. That Them walls have to come down. They have to be stripped down to the very foundation because the foundation is the most important part of your life. Anybody believe that today? That's why we can't look. We can't look on the foundations that were added later that, are, that oppose the first century doctrine. Because if you build on faulty ideas... If you build on false doctrine, if you build on ideas that are contrary, those thoughts, those ideas, those things will not remain when the shaking comes. The word of God will remain. This right here. If we obey this right here, if we obey his word, we're going to be saved. If we obey his word, we're going to be on a firm foundation. If we obey his word, where I stand will last when everything around me is shaken. His word, not a song. A song compliment. A song causes us to approach the Lord with worship and praise and adoration. But his word is what builds a foundation.
Let's look at Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Read this to you in the New Living Translation. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That is a, that is a firm foundation. If I know that all of hell is going to try to destroy this vessel, this house, I know that if I am on the rock, that I am in a place that, that the gates of hell cannot touch, cannot prevail against. Jesus wasn't saying that Peter was going to be the rock. Do you hear me? Jesus wasn't saying that Peter was going to be the rock. Peter's name, uh, Petros, means a stone. Peter's revelation of Jesus was the Petra, and that means a mass of rock. And that could be uh, uh, literally or figuratively a mass of rock, a firm foundation. And, and Jesus was saying, I will build the church. I will build my church because I am the foundation. And hell can't do anything because I have the keys. And now you do too. Peter, I give you the keys. I give you the keys to the kingdom. I give you the keys. You're just a stone, though. Peter, you're a stone who will be placed on a firm foundation. You have the keys that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I'm not giving you the keys uh, uh, for you to do your own thing. I'm giving you the keys to help me build the church. He's going to build it, but I'm going to let you be a part of it. Peter, you're just a stone, but I'm going to put you on a rock that's unmovable, that's unshakable. One stone at a time, I will build my church. You are a stone. Do you hear me? A stone. And he puts one stone upon another stone. Because he looks for a stone. Why a stone? Anybody think about that? Why we see the word stone so much? Why we see rock so much? Well, let me, let me say something about a phrase that we use. Anybody ever said it's set in stone? It's set in stone. That phrase is used to emphasize that something is fixed. That something is unchanged. Exodus chapter 34 and 1. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, Hew thee two tables of stone like unto the first, and I will write upon these tables the words that were in the first tables which thou breakest. I will write upon these stones words that are fixed and unchanged and will be unchangeable. Never be able to be changed. Etched on stone. Why tables of stone? Anybody ever seen Mount Rushmore? There's another statue. Uh, it's a uh, uh, crazy horse. Yeah, it's all in South Dakota. Etched, etched in the stone. Because stone, stone can go through things that no other material can. Anybody ever see a, a rock burn to ashes? I guess it depends on what kind of rock. You know, there are some rocks that, that, are, that are soft, but there are rocks that won't burn no matter what. And you make people make fire pits out of them, don't they? They surround a little fireplace or they surround. What is your fireplace made out of? Sometimes brick, sometimes stone, but brick will even, you know, is a little soft. But stone, stone, stone can handle some damage. Stone, when's the last time you've seen a stone floating downstream? What's so important and what's so, what's so uh, valuable about us recognizing the density of a stone is that he looks for stones because stones can be engraved. Stones can be chiseled. Stones can be formed. And they'll last. Proverbs 3 and 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. I will put my law in their minds and write them. I will inscribe them in their hearts. He looks for stones so he can begin to inscribe his word. If we're going to remain through the storms and we're going to be able to last, his word is going to have to be inscribed in us. It's going to have to be inscribed in our hearts. Uh, Nehemiah, I want you to look. Uh, I want you to look at the rubbish. Uh, I want you to look at the ruins and see those stones that are there. I want you to work with those stones because I can work with stones because stones can keep inscription
What happens at the new birth is God, God prepares us for inscription. He prepares us through his spirit. We are, we are, we are given a, a new spirit and a new heart that can receive his word. And he begins to write things on our hearts. We begin to pray and read his word. And God begins to speak to us and deal with us. And his very word is, is beginning to be inscribed on our hearts. Because that's, that's how we're going to make it. It's, it's through his word. That's how our foundation is going to be able to weather storms. Is because of his word. It's not because, it's not because of, of a worship experience at a church. It's because of his word. His word is what will keep us and sustain us. It is solid. It is firm. It is something that we can have confidence in when we stand on it. Because he is a rock. Our God is a rock. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Deuteronomy 32 and 4 declares that the Lord is the rock. Uh, Psalm 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. He is our rock. Psalm 27 and 5, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me, he shall set me upon a rock. The Old Testament, listen, the Old Testament declares Yahweh as the rock and the New Testament declares Jesus as the rock. How can two be the same rock? How can two be the same rock? Let's all stand. We just have a, a few minutes before, before one o'clock. We'll give you some time to greet your brother and your sister and uh, tell them you're glad to see them, glad to, glad to see them, that they're, you're glad that they're here today. And uh, let's, let's come back here at one o'clock and let's, Get ready to worship God and let him have his way. Amen. You're dismissed. Amen. You all ready to praise the Lord? If you're able, why don't you stand? We're going to give you an opportunity at the very beginning of service to give an offering. And, uh, for those who haven't been here before, our offering uh, plate is this box up here. And if you want to walk up and put it in this box, man, while we worship the Lord.
give you that opportunity, but we're going to just spend some time lifting our hands, lifting our voice, and, and praising the God we serve today. And I believe when we do that, God is going to descend in this place, and He's going to begin to work. He's going to begin to minister in your life. So if you will praise Him with us, I need you, but I want to praise you because I want your presence working in my situation. And if we'll magnify the Lord together, God will move in this house and do a mighty work. And I'm believing him for it. Let's magnify his name. Why don't we clap our hands to the Lord? Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, you're worthy. Thank you, Lord God, for how good you are. God, why don't we just let out a shout of praise with that right now? God, we worship you, Jesus. Oh, we lift you up. Hallelujah. You've been so good, God. We exalt your name. We come to give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, for your grace, for your mercy, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're going to lift up the name of the Lord today. We're going to rejoice just a little while because he's gave us a reason to dance. Thank you, Jesus. He gave me a 
Getting up. The Savior got up and did it. He didn't ever lose it and he never will lose it. He still has victory. He still has victory for someone here today. He's got victory for your life. Oh, let him work in you. Let him move in you. Let him bring you to victory. 
Let him lead you to victory. Oh! Jesus, Jesus. Amen. We're going to give those who need a touch in their body an opportunity to be prayed for. If you want to come forward. Pastor, I forgot to mention Sister Carolyn needs prayer, but she's not going to be able to come up. Sister Cheryl is also going to need prayer. She, I don't know if she's going to be able to come up or not, but I need to tell you. So we'll go back to them. And let's, uh, let's continue to lift up Brother and Sister Plowman, the Kana family. And um, church, if you'll join with us as we pray for these needs. And if you are able and you want to come up and be prayed for, you can. And we're going to pray that God would do a work in this moment that we're given him to lift up our need and faith believing and to touch and church let's pray
second verse again. But I want to make sure you know what we're singing today. And no matter what hard place I'm in, God has goodness in the middle of it. Anybody ever walked through a wilderness and God did something in your life? He, he made a well where there was no well before. There was water flowing out of a dry place. There was honey coming from a rock. Listen, you were, you were with nothing and there was a manna on the ground. That's what this song is about. Hey, come on, sing it out loud. Say there's freedom where the Spirit is. Here we go. Freedom where the Spirit is. Oh, there's bounty in the wilderness.
Man on the ground, no matter where I go, I don't need to worry now that I know everything I need, you've got it, Jesus. There's honey in the rock, there's purpose in your plan, power in the blood, there's healing in your hand. It started flowing when you said it is done. Jesus, who you are, is enough. And I've got goodness. And I've got mercy. Sing it, church, say hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Sing that again. I got goodness. I got goodness. Yes, I do. And I've got mercy. Anybody claim it in this house? Hallelujah. Yeah. 
hallelujah, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. One more time, church, I've got goodness, I've got good, sing it out, church. And I've got mercy, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, can we praise him? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me, and all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up, somebody testify, till I lay my head, I will see of the goodness of God. Oh, lift your voice, say, all my life, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will see. Of the goodness of God. Oh, I love your voice. You have led me through the fire and in darkest night. You were close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as
Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. 
And stretch forth our hands right now. The Lord is in this place. I believe. I believe the Lord is in this place. your visitation mighty God thank you for your presence Lord we honor your presence today God thank you thank you for inhabiting the praises of your people we thank you Jesus we honor you Lord we magnify you Lord we exalt you Lord we say thank you Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord, we say yes, we say yes author and finisher of our faith we say yes we say yes to you Lord Lord of glory <laughs> Lord of glory we open we open these earthen vessels Lord of glory we open ourselves today Open up the ancient doors and the King of Glory shall come in. Who is this King of Glory? He's the Lord mighty in battle. King of Glory. We're opening up. King of Glory. Fill these 
these vessels of clay once again with winds of refreshing and reviving. Lord, fill these vessels. King of glory, King of glory. Oh, you sit on the throne. But Lord, we need you. We want you to sit on the throne of our hearts. Sit on the throne in our lives. God, we yield to you. We yield to your. We yield to your kingship. We yield to your. service. We yield to your will. We yield to your purpose. We yield to you, Lord. Rule and reign in our hearts. Rule and reign in our lives. Rule and reign in our lives, Lord. Be lifted high, Lord. Be lifted high. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your touch. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God.
for your presence, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. When the Lord filled us with his spirit, when we yielded to him, and we received the promise that he said was available for all those who, all those who would obey him, who would repent, who would commit to a life where their mind would be renewed, that they would change their mind, that they would change their mind about what they want in their life and that they would surrender all of that to him. And they would turn from their sins and be baptized in his wonderful name, the wonderful name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this was the promise that he promised for all who would come to him and obey, for all that would repent. For all who would be willing to turn and to start the process where the Lord would begin to work. To do a work in you. We present our stony heart. To him we we present to him we yield to him a heart that is unable to receive the things of God and we say here Lord I need you I want you and Ezekiel Ezekiel chapter 36 verse 25 then I will sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols Will I cleanse you? A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. Ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your, to your fathers and Ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you, and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. 
not for your sakes do I do this, saith the Lord God. Be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Be broken for who you are and for the hardness of your heart and your inability to follow me with everything that you have. And present your body a living sacrifice. Present your body, yield to me, and I will fill you with my spirit and I will create in you a clean heart. I will put a right spirit. I will put, I will put a new heart in you that will be able to be written on. The men of old and even men in the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost wrote about how God would cause us to to walk in his statutes and his commandments. Those things would have to be written, written on our hearts. I've already said this before. Just because we're born again, you are born again of water and spirit does not mean that you have all of the commandments written on your heart. What that means is now you have a heart that is able to be written on. God can write on your heart. He can touch you in a way that would cause you to live differently. He can, he can speak to you in a way now that could cause you to live differently. He can write things on your heart now that he couldn't write before. Because our old nature rejects the things of God. Our old life rejects his words and will not adhere to his words. Our old nature is unable to and that's why we got to be made new. That's why we have to be born again so God can begin to write on our hearts his word. Hebrews 8 and 10. Brother, if you'll throw it up there. For this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. The writer of Hebrews talking of a day that was prophesied from Ezekiel. Talking about how God would fill mankind and begin a work that would write on the heart. I know he said... That he would remove the heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. But still, figuratively speaking, he begins to write on the stone. The engrafted word, the implanted word. The word that is written, it's inscribed. It's etched into a stone that, that, that can be unmovable and can be unshakable as long as it's placed on a firm foundation. Peter, you're a stone, but I'm going to write on you. I'm going to write it on your heart, and I'm going to place you on me. I'm going to put you on me. I'm going to begin to build my church. I said it already. One stone at a time, I'm, I'm going to begin to write on your heart. I'm going to begin to write my word in your heart. It's going to change your life. It's going to transform your mind. You're going to be renewed by my word. You're going to experience my love. I'm going to write it in everything that you are. It's going to be a part of who you are. I will put my law in their minds and write them. I will inscribe them in their hearts. He looks, he, he looks for stones to inscribe. Nehemiah, I want you to work with the stones that lie in the ruins. 
I want you to begin to build in them because my name is on them. My hand is upon them. I, I can engrave. I can, I can impart. I can engraft. I can inscribe. He's a rock to us. We are stones. So many references. He's a rock. He's the mass. He's the firm foundation. We are the stones. You want to see that in Scripture? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. To whom come as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. Come on, you lively stones. He's building a spiritual house where his word is going forth and being inscribed on your hearts. And holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. How can we be acceptable? How can we be acceptable to God if we haven't presented? We haven't presented our body, our heart for his word to be inscribed on it. I know, I know it's not popular. I know it's not pleasing to the ears. To hear Jesus say words like, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. You signed up for this. I'm trying to build you. I'm trying to make you a sure house. And so in order for that to happen, you're going to have to receive my words. You're going to have to receive everything that I have said, everything that I speak to you. Whoever, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you who that man is like. I will show you who that person is like. You come to him and say, Lord, I want out. I want a better way of living. What you're doing is signing up for your life to be transformed. You're signing up for your life to look different. You're signing up for the hand of God to begin to write his word on your heart. He is like a man which built a house and dig deep. You know what you got to do? You know what I appreciate? I appreciate our brothers that showed up yesterday and worked. Parking lot looks awesome so far. I know it's a work in progress, but <laughs> RW was out there in his element. Digging and moving stones around. You know what you got to do before you move stones? You got to dig. And that's what, that's what Jesus said. It's like a man which built a house and digged deep. Because before you build, you got to dig. Before the foundation is laid, you got to dig. You got to dig out of space. You got to dig out of space to get, get down deep. Because you know what God's trying to do? He's trying to, he's trying to build people to weather storms. The storms, he said the storm was coming. He said the rain was coming. But wh what matters the most is what your foundation looks like. I work for this guy. I think his name is Bert, Bert, Birchfield. His house is absolutely all 
concrete. I've already, I probably mentioned this before. He built his house like a, like a commercial building. His main floor in his house, maybe, I don't know about his walls, but I know his main floor and his, and his basement is, is solid concrete. He's got wood, hardwood floors with, with no wave in it. It's just all smooth. I mean, just one, just like, like it was brand new, but it's been there 20 years or so, somewhere around there. Not, not a ripple in the wood, not a squeak in the wood because there was concrete underneath that wood. It was solid. When he built that, he built that to last. He built it to stay. Because listen, you can't, you can't have a ball home in the kingdom. You know what they'll do? They'll, t- they'll remove studs. They'll, they'll remove materials. They use inferior materials. Am I saying amen to that? I mean, you can walk through the house and probably hear it shake. You can probably hear people breathe on the other. Because the materials they use, they build them cheap so they can sell them cheap. But listen, they start falling apart and there's not a whole lot you can do because the foundation is wrong. You got to have the good foundation. You got to have a foundation that's dig deep. And then, and then God can begin to pour. He, he can begin to make sure that what you build on is solid and firm. He is the rock. Over and over again, uh, the scriptures in the Old Testament reveal God as the rock. He dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose and the stream, and the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it for it was founded upon a rock. In both of these scenarios, in both of these builders' life, uh, there were storms ahead in their future. Neither one of them were going to be able to avoid the storm. Here today, you get into the kingdom of God, the message we send is you're going to have to go through some things. You're going to have to live through some things. You're going to have to learn how to walk through a storm. I want somebody to shoot straight with me. Tell me what I'm looking at. Tell me what I'm facing. Tell me what's going to... Listen, I'm not going to come into the kingdom of God. uh, And and this is what I want. I want want to be told this. Right? And I have been told this. You can't come in here and expect... Prosperity. The way the world sees prosperity. Prosperity. Can't come in here thinking it's a free pass to Disneyland because there is no such thing. What you get is the work of God in your life riding upon your heart and building you up a a lively, building you up stones who would be able to weather storms and fire. He that heareth and doeth not is like a man without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which this stream did did beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. Jesus, we we don't want to hear about, about the house that doesn't make it. I can hear the words of the Savior say, then you have to make sure you're on the right foundation. Because there is a shaking coming. There is a shaking here. Everything that can be shaken. 
will be shaken. So that the only thing that will remain is the unmovable. I've said it, I've said it this morning. We say things like set in stone. And what that means is, is un, 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 unable to change. It's, it's, it's fixed. And that's what he's doing when he's writing on our heart is he's fixing things in our life that would not be able to change. Oh, you got to go through some things. You got to go through the fire. You're going to go through a storm. When, when Jesus' disciples were on the sea in the middle of a storm, Jesus didn't remove them from the storm. He spoke to the storm and he calmed the storm. We see a storm coming and immediately we're thinking, Lord, get me out of the way of the storm. It's coming. And I, it, it's almost as if the Lord is saying, are you worried about your foundation? You see the storm coming. Do you want out? Because you know you're not on a firm foundation. And you know when the storm comes, it's going to blow through your house and it's going to fall. Yes, Lord, I know because I haven't been listening to your word. I haven't been obeying your word. I've been letting it go in one ear and out the other. I've only been a hearer of your word and not a doer of it. So I see the storm and I want out. But what the church should say is when they see the storm, I'm on a firm foundation. I got the solid rock holding me up. I'm not being held by my own strength. I'm being held by the solid word of God that is unable to be changed. It's etched into my heart. It's etched in the pages of eternity, but it's also etched in me in this house because this is the spiritual house that he's building. He's the rock on which I stand. All other ground is what? Sinking sand. Who is the rock? Jesus. Is there, any, is there anything else that we need? Is there another rock? Is Jesus the only rock? Well, the Old Testament says Yahweh is the rock. Are there two rocks? Over and over again, the Old Testament says Yahweh is the rock. When you see the Lord in all caps, we, we take, uh, in, in American, we, we've heard this, in, in, in the Western culture, we've heard it said as Jehovah. Uh, but, but in Hebrew, it's Yahweh. So, it, it's, it's Yahweh and Jehovah. It's the same. We're talking about the same thing. So we said, well, he's talking about Yahweh. I don't know, I don't know about Yahweh. Yahweh. I know Jehovah. It's the same. It's the same one. Yahweh, Jehovah, the same, the same God. He's the rock, right? The Old Testament says he's the rock. But the New Testament declares Jesus as the rock. How can two be the same rock? Jesus, 
The name of Jesus or, or Yeshua in Hebrew means salvation of Yahweh. It's what the Father would do through the Son. But why rock? Why a stone? Stones don't move with storms. When you see rocks and you see stones, you see things that are unmovable. Stones don't burn with fire. The stones that Jesus is building will not be shaken and will not be affected by the storms and by the fire. What's left after a tornado or after a house fire? When a tornado blows through a neighborhood or through a, through a city, demolishing everything in its path, and you see splinters everywhere. I remember making my way to London when, a, when some tornado, a stream of tornadoes came through and one of them hit West Liberty, one of them hit East Bernstadt. And I remember driving, driving on 75 and I remember driving through the place where I seen it. It looked like I, I, I could tell where the tornado had crossed the, and you seen splinters of wood everywhere and you seen houses that were leveled. And you know, this is what happens when a storm blows through, but there is one thing that remains. If, if there was a good foundation and that's what's left and it can be built again. What happens when the winds of God begin to blow on our lives? Things begin to be removed from us. And he begins to work and rebuild us. The walls come crumbling down. He uses the storms that we walk through to break down the walls of our life. So he can build up. So he can write. So he can make us firm, steadfast, established in what we do. There might be wood left after a fire, but there's not much wood left. But the foundation will be unmoved in the same condition. How many lose their faith when they go through the trial of their life? Because they didn't sign up, or at least they thought they didn't sign up to walk through that. Not realizing that what God is doing is trying to make you unmovable. Trying to establish you and make you rock solid. This is the church that he's building. One stone at a time. He's placing it in, and he's not using inferior metals or inferior materials. He is using stone after stone after stone. And this church that is being built cannot be penetrated from hell. He's building it with your life. The pain, the struggle, the trouble is not in vain. He's building you into a sure house. He's making you firm and established in Him. Rooted, grounded in Christ. Things that are grounded, things that are rooted can, can sway with the wind and not move from their position. Things that become detached die. 
but as long as we stay connected to the vine. And the, oh, we might, we might experience a cracked branch, a broken branch, but if I'm still connected, if I'm still connected to the tree, uh, it's there's going to be a new sprout. There's going to be a new, there's going to be a new thing. There's going to be leaves again. There's going to be fruit again. The minute the branch is disconnected from the vine, it dies. When a person goes through something and they want out, what they're saying is, I don't want to live anymore. I'm tired of the struggle. I'm tired of this. And so they try to disconnect themselves from God. My plea today is don't run from his words and don't, don't run from what he's calling you to do and asking you to do. Because if he's asking you to do something, there is a goal in sight that he wants to lead you to. If he's asking you to do something, he's preparing you. You have to be willing to take every word and let it be added to you. Every word, not words that we want, not the joy, and not, not, the, not the peace only, not the... Not the uh, the satisfaction, for he, he satisfieth the longing soul and he filled the hungry soul with goodness. Uh, not just the goodness. Uh, oh, but Lord, let every word uh, that's going to cause me to endure, uh, let it be written on my heart. Uh, I want to receive every word that you, you're looking for a stone to write on. I give you one, Lord. Write every word that's going to carry me through every storm and lead me home. Verse 28 of, what was that even that we were looking at? Hebrews 12, 28. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved. Let's have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Listen, you were born in the fire and you will walk through the fire. The fire will burn up materials that cause instability. And that instability comes from our own thoughts, our own feelings, our own belief systems. And they are the materials in which we build our houses. But if they're not found in this word, or as Jesus states in the parable of the two builders, his sayings then we will be removed with the storms or burn in the fire. We need God to burn out our thoughts, our feelings, our belief systems that are not rooted in His Word because we need Him to build us on the right foundation. And if they are found in his words, we will be placed on that firm foundation that cannot be shaken. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. And I'm coming to a close. 
For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, the mediator, the bridge. He's the bridge to the Father. We're the only spirit. Because God is a spirit, a spirit. If you worship him, let's worship him in spirit and in truth. I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. If it had not been for Jesus, the mediator, none of us would ever make it to the Father. None of us would ever make it to that, to that spirit that moves across that bridge and meets you and fills you and begins to transform you. The God that created everything uses that bridge to come to you so he can write on your heart, so he can be your God. You can be, we can be his people. Ephesians verse 15, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's what he's building. He's building up the inner man, that spirit man, the spiritual, the spiritual stone he's building. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye be enrooted and grounded in love, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. It takes faith. It takes faith. It takes faith to be rooted and grounded in love. It takes faith to receive, to receive God, to receive him working in, our, in, in your life. It takes faith. But if I have faith in Jesus, if I have faith in Jesus, I must have faith in his words. And there's a difference. There's a difference between saying I have faith in Jesus then I have faith in Jesus and his words. Some people say they have faith in Jesus. Some people say that's all you need is faith. And, 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 and you need faith. We're saved. We're saved through faith, by grace through faith. We're, we're saved. As long as his word, we have faith in his words. If we have faith in his words, then he's going to save us. Because when he speaks, we'll let him write it on our hearts. And he'll save us. He'll save us by the engrafted word, by the implanted word. We'll be saved. You'll be saved by the implanted word. When it comes to you, you let him write it on you. As painful as it might be, you let him write it on your heart. Verse 18 may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly 
abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. Now we use that passage sometimes just to talk about all the abundant things that God can do. He is exceedingly and abundantly able. He's able to do anything. Oh, but listen, he, the power that's working in you is writing things on your heart. And, and the only way to abundance is allowing him to write. I close with this last thought. Let's all stand. I told you from the beginning that this, this message was going to be going to start from the end. What, what, my, what I'd like to do, what I feel like the Lord is trying to get us to revisit is His words. His sayings. Because we can look at the, we can look at the house we can look at the structure. We can look at all the things that God is, is, uh, has promised us. But not one thing will happen unless we consider his words, his sayings. This is how we are going to be built, is through his sayings, through his words. Matthew Chapter 7. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. either going to make it because of his words because we obeyed his words or we're going to fall to ruins because we failed to obey his words there are you look at every other beginning in verse, beginning in chapter 5. All the way to chapter 7 of Matthew, you see his words. That he's speaking and telling that all that would listen, these are the words that are going to build you 
Jesus didn't speak to entertain. I don't believe there was one entertaining word that Jesus spoke concerning the kingdom. He spoke with intention. He moved with intention. He reached with intention. He spoke to build. Now let me ask you a question that you need to take home with you today. Are his words creating a storm shelter in your life? Or are you using inferior materials that will be carried away by the storms or consumed by the fire? Is the foundation that he's building or the foundation that you're building? What are you building? What is he building? Because if he is building, he's building a storm shelter to keep you through the storms, to keep you through the fire. So that the only thing that will remain is what he is building you. The only thing he wants to remain in you is what he builds. Everything else we do and build is inferior and will not make it through the fire and will not make it through the flood. My question is to somebody here today, is this your foundation? Are you on shifting sand? Are, are you in a place where you're not you don't feel so sure about the storms approaching. I want you to know that there is a God who is available and open. There is a rock that you can cast yourself onto. You can place yourself on the rock. And today is an opportunity for somebody who needs to do that. So I'm calling. Let me, let me rephrase that. The Lord is calling you to come. He's calling the one who is unsure to come. So he can build you a sure house. This altar is open. Was built on you. 
I never will. You'll never see him fail. He won't fail. He can't fail. He's unable to fail. You're going through the fight of your life. He won't fail you. You're confused about your existence. He won't fail you. You need God to help you get through this time of your life. He won't fail you. questions about everything uh, why don't you come to Jesus uh, he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you he'll never fail you won't uh, I can hear the sound of the great cloud of witnesses uh, and they're saying uh, the same thing he'll never fail He's a man of his word. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never fail. But you don't see my life. You don't see my walk. But he does. And he'll never fail. Sing it from your being. He won't fail. Write it on my heart, Lord. Write your word on my heart. Write your instruction on my heart. I know I can trust in your word. I know I can have confidence in your word. I know I can stand on it. Oh, you won't fail. Yes. That's it, brother. That's it, sister. Example the one who's riding it. Jesus. 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 Oh.
of what he's done in us because of his word that's inscribed on our heart oh we can have joy in chaos because I've got confidence I got hope I got a sure I got a firm foundation when this world is shaken when this world is being moved when people are being carried about with every wind of doctrine I have his word inscribed on my heart that it won't fail he won't fail his word is as sure as the place in which I stand I can stand on him
to the Lord and begin to thank Him for what He is doing in your life, what He's doing in your family. And if He hasn't been doing anything, if you're here today and He hasn't done anything in your life, in a while, you recommit and re-surrender. Thank Him for giving you the opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. He'll give you help where you can find help and strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. assembly. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just remember when you leave this place, you or forsakes you. And he will never fail. If he said it, he'll do it. If God told you something, he will do it. You might not have seen it yet, but you hold on to what he said, he will not fail. Heart's clear. Pastor? Yes. Um, do you, you guys know the scripture song, Seek Ye First the Kingdom of God? Um, no, I don't think so. It, it's, it's an older one. Um, if, you don't, if you don't mind, I, I have to sing it. I think the Lord is asking you to do it. So but I want the congregation to see this.
Amen. I, I, I actually knew that. I've heard that before, but I, I guess I, it wasn't really ringing a bell. But <laughs> uh, thank you for sharing that. Amen. God has definitely been with us today, met with us today. So thankful for that. Amen. Let's remember um, our prayer meeting on Tuesday night at 7. It's a wonderful time to come together with God's people and pray. It's very informal. We just come here and we just seek the Lord. So I encourage you to be a part of that and watch God do something through that in your life. Wednesday night service at 7.15. Amen. Y'all are dismissed. Keep fighting the good fight of faith.